This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Dan, I wonder, though, before we get back to something Justin Fields said, I want you to comment on what about the Bears going outside the organization for wide receiver depth? Isaiah Ford is somebody, I believe, who has some experience in the league, uh, maybe a specialized skill set. But how does he fit in on the depth chart if he fits at all? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think it's pretty minor signing. I think this is the start of, uh, I think John Fox coined the term roster mechanics. You know, it's all roster mechanics, you know, and it's just, you know, there's a churn here, David. You've lived it. Yeah. You've experienced it from late July until that roster cut down day, you know, just before Labor Day now. Um, it's, there's a lot of roster churn. And, and I, I remember you mentioned the 2014 training camp. It felt like every day Phil Emery was roster churning that thing. Like, like it was going out of style, you know, there'd be three new guys in two new guys. It was like to the point where I remember there, there was an offensive lineman. You have to look up the name. I feel like it was like Dennis Roland, but it was like, there was the churn was so frequent that Mark Trestman didn't know everybody's name every day, you know, and you <laughs> asked him a question. I think it's, I think the guy's name was Dennis Roland. I have to look at it. And, and Trestman said, Oh, you mean the giant? And, then, <laughs> and that's, that's how he knew him. He knew him as the giant. He didn't know his, his first name, but anyway, I, th- I feel like Isaiah Ford, is just a, a body here. We know about Mooney, Claypool, Moore, Jones, St. Brown, Pettis. You know, there's a, it's already a pretty crowded room there. Um, I don't know that the, 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 the any, any signings here in that position group are going to be anything more than camp depth. Let's go back to the quarterback room. Justin Fields addressed the uh, question about whether or not he might appear on the Netflix series quarterback which i think is fascinating it's great season one is great i'm halfway through it i haven't seen no spoiler alert don't tell me if patrick mahomes wins the super bowl or not i'm (laughs) not sure um justin fields was offered the chance to be uh, featured in next season's uh edition of quarterback which now is going to focus on josh allen daniel jones and of course our guy friend of the podcast aaron Rodgers. Maybe, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a spot in there. Okay. Maybe Aaron, I can't Aaron wait for that promo. We're gonna do a trailer, a take the North trailer for for next season series quarterback two see? on Netflix. Now, see now you're brainstorming in real time, which is great. That's great. Um, but but look, like full disclosure, I'm through seven of the eight episodes. Um, Patrick Mahomes will be playing in the AFC Championship game against okay. the Bengals. I think we're going to watch that tonight. Uh, so so I won't spoil that for you when you get there. Okay. Um, but really, uh, two things. Number one, fascinating series and and truly, truly illuminating, I think, of, of the lifestyle that these guys um, live and have to live. Now, as it relates to Justin Fields, he was asked directly, is that something you would ever do? Remember, when Justin was in high school, he was part of a docu-series on, uh, called QB1 and said that was a cool experience. As it relates to being pursued for season two of quarterback on Netflix, he said he was approached, uh, declined or, or, or did not reciprocate the interest and just said he didn't really want to add cameras to the building at House Hall that would impact the vibe here. Um, he was subsequently asked whether he talked that over 
<laughs> with his head coach and his general manager. He said, I already knew it was going to affect the vibe and I, I didn't really need to talk it over with them. Um, but so he was approached and, and opted not to do it. Uh, he would have been a fascinating subject. The three that you just mentioned are all fascinating subjects. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's a great series and I, I'm looking forward to seeing season two uh, as it relates to Justin. I, you know, I think that's the smart choice for where he is in his career development, for where this organization is right now, there's no real reason to introduce that vibe. It would be very self-serving more than anything. And I think right now you need to be in a team-serving mindset. I think it's a great decision. And I do think it's pretty telling that this quarterback, this young quarterback entering season three, aware of what he means to this franchise in a city, starved for success, desperate to see him you know, become a superstar, is not trying to do bring the attention before he has earned it. And I don't think that is a bad thing at all. I, I think that he said no for the right reasons. This is, you know, in terms of his decision-making being part of the growth and evolution of him as a quarterback, this was his first good decision uh, of hopefully many more to come in 2023. I think it was Kyle Long however, who had a tweet uh, on Tuesday that said, I like Justin, but to be fair, he already kind of has his own personal videographer uh, in Simon Kelly, who's posting all his workouts on, on Instagram and Twitter. And you get a lot of behind the scenes glimpses into Justin's work habits anyway. So maybe he doesn't need Netflix and Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions Company to come in and illuminate that anymore. But to your point, I think it's a good decision. And it, it's, it's, the right, it's the right call at this time, for sure. Right. It's, for this quarterback in this organization. And that's kind of funny what Kyle Long tweeted out, but I think that <laughs> it's in the off season, you kind of understand, especially guys who lived up or, or grew up and, and lived life out loud, essentially, since they were in high school, they've been the center of everybody's, you know, attention and, and, and the object of all of this, you know, adulation. I get the whole, I don't, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't probably wouldn't do it, but he has his own personal videographer, but in season, Dan, you know how it can be. If these guys are following around everywhere, what happens the first time he throws three picks against the, the Lions and comes in the Monday morning? You know, it's just this is wise and this has a little bit of a forethought. So I think it's a good call. Yeah, you, I mean, you don't need to introduce things that will um, exhaust or distract or just change the flow of your work week or the flow of your your preparation routine or your habits. Um off they go, you know, and, and hopefully you will finish the series Off they by go. the next time we talk. Yep. And then uh, we can talk about the Super it's Bowl. a lot of binge watching. <laughs> I have to go to bed early, man. I got to get up early. All right. So let's get a couple other tidbits before we get out of here. So I think, number one, um, the edge rusher on defense on the defensive front is still a concern. It didn't sound like Ryan Pohl said no, but he didn't. He basically what I heard was. He said, yeah, we need an edge rusher, but we want an edge rusher on our terms. That is correct. That's the correct interpretation. Um, the name that has been brought up the most is Yannick Ngakwe. You know, he's been in the league for, for seven years now, I think, nine and a half sacks last year. Uh, still out there. Seems to make perfect sense for what the Bears need. But Ryan was sort of of the mindset of, we're not just going to do it just to do it. We want to have something that is one makes business sense, right? We want to have a transaction that, that fits what we're trying to do here. And then also we want to try to have some continuity if possible um, in a way where it, it, if we're going to sign someone, hopefully it can be someone that can be part of this for a little while. Who knows where that all ends up? He expressed his confidence and optimism in what Demarcus Walker, Dominique Robinson, and Travis Gibson can be. And then also said, 
there are no guarantees that you won't have something else happen. And there are no guarantees that something else will happen and that patience is imperative. And it seems like just a, a, an ongoing fluid process of trying to, to, to find a sweet spot for where something could work. We'll keep monitoring that because obviously I think we all sort of expected something to have happened by now and it hasn't. Got to ask this, even though I know the answer, Chris Jones wants $30 million a year from the Chiefs. He's a holdout. Ryan Poles might be familiar with Chris Jones from his days in Kansas City. The Bears, oh, by the way, need a defensive tackle. How unrealistic is it to think that they might get involved and make a phone call to say, hey, what would it take to get Chris Jones to Chicago? I'm willing to give up this if he comes here for that. The phone call is the easy part. The actual realism is is another story, and I just don't know what would be in it for the Chiefs at this point to let go of one of their, you know, just catalysts of, of, of how they win championships. And so, uh, you know, between the money and the draft capital and everything else that would come with it, the, uh, the Bears are not in that sur- splurge and surge mode, as we talk about. And so I, I just don't I don't see that. Uh, being realistic, certainly it's easy to make that phone call and say, Brett, hey, <laughs> just tell me what's going on. And, and, and I'll tell you a couple things that we got going on on our end, and we can at least have that preliminary discussion. I just don't see it leading anywhere. So Eddie Jackson also spoke at the podium on day one of training camp. I know that the last we heard from Eddie Jackson was via the Twitter machine where he was vowing <laughs> to have the best season ever by a safety in the history of football. How did he follow that one up? I appreciated his answer to that today because Mark Grody uh, from 670 The Score asked him directly, like, what prompted that? It was like the middle of a, a July week and you just proclaimed that you're going to have the, the best season by a safety ever. And then he just said, you got, you know, it's about setting a tone and you got to speak it into existence. And I like his willingness to put stuff like that out there because I think he understands in year seven, having lived the NFL life that he's lived going from, you know, a last place team in 2017 to a, a, a two-time pro bowler and a, a one-time first team all pro to being like a star on the rise to then having a 30 game drought without an interception to then reviving his career and getting hurt again he understands like this roller coaster has been jarring and right now all he wants to do is get on a ride that takes him to success and so his role in that is trying to establish and set a tone for the young guys here to understand that look like i'm tired of 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 being part of a team that finishes 500 or tanks and loses 14 games and you know everyone is just so frustrated with with the direction and the arc of things he's lived it for too long and so to see him sitting next to Tremaine Edmonds today was was cool because both of those guys are um I don't want to say big talkers because Edmonds doesn't strike me as a big talker, but they are tone setting leaders and, yeah. and and they've established themselves as such. And so you got a newcomer and a guy that's been here for seven years, really trying to take the steering wheel of this thing and point it in a direction where other guys can follow it. And so like after hearing Eddie today, I have much less issue with that tweet last week. I didn't have an issue with it. It was just kind of like, what's that all about? And today it's like, it's about setting a tone and I'm kind of for it. I- I'm glad you said that because I think number one, it's no accident, and, and I think it's by design that Tremaine Edmonds and Eddie Jackson were the two to address um, the media on the first day of camp. Those are two guys who will you know, theoretically lead this defense. And and I am in the as I, I want to be consistent. Last week I said, you know, you got to show me, stop telling me, because now you're at the stage of your career that you can talk a big game, but you got to back it up because you know staying on the field has been an issue. But I don't mind the confidence, and I think that you have to play that kind of swagger to be an effective defensive back in, in the national football league or any level. So I, I, yeah, the, the more time that is passes between now that, that tweet and now 
you kind of don't mind the the bravado that he has to have. And he's an easy guy to root for as well because he does have the kind of charisma that you want on your football team. 